When wishes were horses and beggars could ride, in a stone castle by the sea there lived a rich land. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. And so he left the trail, and he followed the sound of the music. I am the goat from the hills and the mountains. And when I have finished eating these herbs and these vegetables, then I shall eat you, too. Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. I didn't notice they were missing for a while. You think something like your sense of direction goes missing, you would notice. I just noticed I couldn't remember how to get to the grocery store without using my phone app. Then it was my green thumb. I love my plants and they love me, but for a whole week, nothing was growing. Not even the mint. I started to realize this wasn't just bad luck when things were missing in my dreams. I was sitting in a dream, offering tea made out of strawberry jam to my third grade teacher, when the green blanket we were sitting on was gone. I had a thief in the house, and I was not about to let anything else go missing, especially that thought. The first teller for this episode is Tim Lowry. Tim serves up a refreshing brew of historic facts, regional folktales, and personal narratives, garnished with poetic language that is never saccharine, but is unmistakably Southern. This is a story from his album, Mostly Jack Tales, and is the story, Jack and the Cat Girl. Jack's daddy called his three boys to him and he said, I'm getting ready to retire. My bones is too creaky to work on this farm anymore, so I'm going to give it to one of you fellers. But I got three boys and only one farm. I got to figure out who I'm going to give it to. So I'm going to give each one of you $100 and send you out to seek your fortune. In a year's time, I want you to come back, and whoever's done the best with that $100, they going to get this here farm. So he reached in his billfold, and he give a $100 bill to Will. He give another $100 bill to Tom. And then he didn't have no more hundreds, so he give Jack two $50 bills, but that's all right, because it made a hundred. And them three boys started off down the road to seek their fortune. And Will, on account of he is the oldest, he started bossing the other two around. He said, now we ain't all going to go the same way. There ain't no use in that. When we get to a place where the road forks three ways, we're going to go separate ways to seek our fortune. Well, eventually they come to a place where the road forked, and you could go to the east, or you could go to the west, or you could head straight on. And while they's a standing there trying to figure out which one of them was going to go which way, Will pulled Tom over to the side of the road, and they's a whispering something. Jack wasn't paying attention to what they's doing. And all of a sudden, them boys jumped Jack and beat him upside the head and knocked him down in the road and took his money and run off. Will took 50 bucks, and he run to the east. Tom took 50 bucks, and he run to the west, and they left Jack a land there. Well, when Jack come to, he had a big punt knot on his head, and he realized he got beat up and robbed. And he said, well, I'll just have to do best I can. He took his hat off, and he said, I'm going to throw my hat up in the air, and whichever road it comes down on, that's the way I'm going to go. So he throwed his hat up, 
and it blowed right straight out in front of him. He said, well, I'll walk straight on. So he started off down the road, and he walked for the longest of time. He walked till he's past all the houses. He walked till he's past all the trees. He walked until they wasn't nothing except dirt and rocks in every direction, just as far as you could see. Jack figured he'd come to a desert land where they wasn't another living soul. And then all of a sudden, he'd come up to a house. Well, it's getting to be evening time. Jack needed him a place to spend the night. They wasn't hardly no place around except that one house, and he hated to disturb them folks, but they wasn't no other place he could go. So he hollered, and they wasn't nobody hollered back. He hollered again. They wasn't nobody answered. Finally, he hollered a third time, and there's a voice from inside that house said, Come on up here, Jack. I'm ashamed to show myself, but if you come up here, I'll crack the door open and talk to you. So Jack, he come up the path and stood up on the porch, and the door cracked open just a bit, and there's a girl standing there in the crack of the door. She is the quietest girl that Jack had ever seen. She looked like a cat. She had fuzz all over her face, pointy ears a-sticking up out of the top of her head, whiskers a-jutting out either side of her nose, and when she turned a bit, Jack could see a whiskey tail a-frisking around behind her. Jack tried not to look surprised, but that cat girl, she said, Oh, Jack, it's all right. I know I look a sight. There's old witch that's come around here and cursed us. She done got my mama and my daddy, and she turned me into a cat, and she turned my sister into a mouse. First she turns you to a cat, then she turns you to a mouse, and once you're a mouse, you can't never go back. Jack said, well, I hate that for you. Is there anything I could do to help you? She said, well, you probably might could. That old witch gonna send all kind of varmints to try to tear us to pieces tonight. If you could stand before the door and beat them off, it'd be a service to me. Jack said he'd do his best. So that cat girl, she locked up the house tight, and he run around back and into the woodshed. He got him a big hunk of wood. He took out his knife, and he whittled that down into a club, and he planted himself for the door. And as soon as midnight black dark fell, that old witch, she sent all kind of things to try to tear Jack to pieces. There's a big old bear coming running out of the dark. And Jack beat that bear off with his club. And then there's a big wolf come out of him. Oh! He wanted that wolf good, and it run off. And then all things, that old witch woman sent a painter to get him. He whopped on that painter, and it went running off into the dark. And finally, when the night was over and the light come up, Jack figured he'd see all kind of hide and fur laying around on that porch, but they wasn't nothing there. It's like nothing ever happened. And that cat girl, she cracked the door open, come out on the porch, and she said, You a real kind man, Jack. You helped me. That was real good. When Jack looked at her, all the fuzz was gone from her face. Now, she still had them pointy ears and whiskers and that tail of frisking around behind her. She said, I'm a little bit less of a cat, a little more like a real girl. But tonight, that a witch is going to send all kind of medium animals that'll bite you around the knees and the ankles. Jack said he'd beat them off, and that girl said that'd be a real service to me. She went back in the house and closed the door. Jack went around behind to the shed, and he got him a big old stick. He stood before the door, and he waited, and when midnight black dark fell, that old witch sent all kind of medium-sized animals trying to bite Jack around the knees and the ankles. There's a big old boar hog coming running across the porch, and Jack beat it off with that stick. And then there's a bobcat got after him, 
and Jack whomped it on the head and it run off. And then of all things, that witch sicked a boomer on him. He whopped that boomer and it went a-sailing off through the dark. And then when the light come up the next morning, Jack looked around thinking he'd see fur and hide and bits of skin. Not a thing. That cat girl come out on the porch and her ears was gone and the whiskers had falled off her face, but she still had that whiskey tail. She said, now tonight, Jack, that witch is going to send all kind of little things that'll fly up in your face and get tangled up in your hair. Jack said, leave it to him. He'd get rid of them. So she locked the door again. Jack ran around to the shed, and he got him some wood, and he carved out some swatters and some paddles, and he stood for the door. And when midnight black dark fell, that old witch sent all kind of bats. It's a flying around getting hung in his hair, and Jack slapped all them away. And then she sent bees and waspers, and they was trying to sting him on the face, and he whopped all them things off. And then finally, out of desperation, that old witch sent the snake doctors to try to get him. And he beat all them off. And in the morning, he figured he'd see all kind of dead bugs around on the porch floor. But it's like nothing ever been there. And that cat girl come out on the porch. Her face was all purty. Her ears was gone. Them whiskers was gone. That old whiskey tail had fallen off. And she was a regular girl. Ooh, she was the purtiest regular girl Jack had ever seen. She said, that's real good what you done for me and my sister, Jack. But my sister, there ain't nothing to help her. The witch already turned her to a mouse before you come, and she's going to stay that way the rest of her life. And that's when Jack looked in the house, and he seen a little mouse going, weep, 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 running across the front room floor. And then that cat girl, she said to Jack, that a witch going to be real mad because you killed off all her critters. She going to come up here and try to get you. She'll try to turn you into a cat, and then she'll turn you into a mouse. And you can't never go back, and she'll eat you up. That's what happened to my mama and my daddy. Jack said, don't worry about that. He's going to get that old witch. And then the cat girl, she said, oh, now, don't let that witch, when she comes in here, do anything for you. Because if she turns a hand to anything for you and does you a favor, then you'll be under a hex, and you can't get a loose. Jack said not to worry about it. And that cat girl, she scooped up her little mouse sister and they run crawled up under a bed in the back room. And Jack, he sat down in a chair in front of the fireplace. He took his coat off, laid it across his lap, and he took out needle and thread and he started stitching on that coat. He was a patch in it where he'd got holes and tires and rips in it where he'd been fighting all them witches' critters. Why he is a patch and dark fell. At her dark fell, there's this old woman come right up the front path up onto the porch, walked right through the front door, and sat down in a rocking chair opposite of Jack in front of the fireplace, just sat down in that chair like she owned the place. She had a big old long pointy nose and a wobbly chin. When she turned to look at Jack, that old chin went wobbly, 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 wobbly. Jack know by that wobbly chin she's a witch. And that old witch watched Jack for a while, and then she said, Jack, hand me that coat over here and let me work the needle and thread for you. There ain't nothing as awkward as to see a man try to patch. He jerked that coat away. He said, uh-uh, Granny, I'll do my own patching. Thank you very much. He finished up patching his coat, and he set it off to the side, and he got up to walk in the other room. She said, Jack, let me fetch whatever it is you want for you. You just sat and rest a spell. You've been working hard. He said, uh-uh, I get my own things. Thank you very much. He come back with a fry pan and a big old hunk of meat. 
He set that fry pan up on the logs in the fireplace, and that meat started to sizzle and pop, and he's going to cook that meat for his supper. After a while, that meat started to smoke good. It needed to be turned over so it wouldn't burn. Well, there's a big old long meat fork hanging there from a hook next to the fireplace, and Jack started up to get that meat fork and stab that meat and turn it over, and that old woman jumped up. She said, Now, Jack, now, Jack, cooking is woman's work. Let me turn that meat over for you. And he grabbed that meat fork, and he said, You ain't going to turn my meat. You ain't doing nothing for me, yo witch. And he stuck that meat fork right in that old woman and shoved her down in the fire, right betwixt the backlog and the forestick. And you could hear her a-popping and a-cracking and a-sizzling, and he burnt that witch up. Well, then the cat girl and her mouse sister come out from under the bed in the back room, and that cat girl said, Jack, you done it. You killed the old witch, and you've lifted the hex on our farm, and all this farm, now it belongs to you. Well, Jack didn't know if he wanted that place, because when he come there, all he seen was dirt and rocks. But when he went out on the front porch, there's a big old field of corn off to one side, and there's a big old field of taters off to the other. There's pasture land with horses and cattle in it. Jack said, oh, I dearly love corn and taters and cattle, and this all belongs to me. But how about you? Who do you belong to? And that cat girl said, well, Jack, on account of my mama and daddy's dead, I reckon I belong to you too. So the next morning, Jack and that cat girl, they went to town and got married, and Jack lived in that house on that big old farm for a whole year, him and cat girl, and they had mouse sister for company. And when the year was up, Jack said, now we got to go back home and show my daddy how good I done. So his wife put on a real pretty silk dress, and they put mouse sister in a little shoebox, and they climbed up in a big old carriage, had a big old slick black horse hitched to it, and Jack, he whipped up on that horse, and they went a-trotting off down the road. Pretty soon they come up to Jack's daddy's place, and Jack's brothers, Will and Tom, they had got married and come home too, and they was looking out the window, and they seen Jack come up in that carriage with that big slick black horse and that pretty woman in that silk dress, and she's a-holding a shoebox there on the seat next to her, and they said, look a here, here come some rich folks, and then Jack's daddy looked out the window, and he said, no, nah, them ain't rich folks. That's your little brother Jack, and look at that purty woman a-settin' next to him. Reckon what she's got in that shoebox. And them girls that Will and Tom had married, they got all upset, and they said, Look at us, and these old cotton dresses, old ugly things, and her in that fancy silk dress. They so ashamed, they run, jumped off the end of the porch, and crawled up under the house with the hound dogs. Well, Jack and his wife, they come into the house, and the wife, she asked Will and Tom if they had wives, and they said they did. They's out there under the porch with the hound dogs. She went out there and called to them, and they come out, and they had trash and lint in their hair, and they's a-picking the fleas off. But she's a fine Christian woman. She never named it to them. She just talked real nice to them. And then she got Mouse Sister out of the shoebox, and that little Mouse Sister, she kept saying, Gold for me and none for you. And then Jack's brothers, Will and Tom, they know Jack had figured out who beat him up and robbed him of his money, so they got in their billfolds, and they give him back the $50 each they had took from him. And then Jack's daddy, he said, well, look there. Jack's done the best. He's got the purtiest wife. He already won him a farm, and he got his 50 bucks back from each of you. Jack's done good, and I'm going to give him my farm to boot. So Jack and the cat girl, mouse sister, they live over there on that new farm. And Jack has that second place he rents out. Him and that cat girl, Lord, they's independent rich.
And that's the end of that. Today's fairy tale sponsor is Beauty and the Beast Roses and Gardening Service. Are your roses making you despair? Are petal after petal fading? But it seems the spell that needs to be broken is your dismal ability to grow flowers. Fear not. Beauty and the Beast Roses and Gardening are here to enchant and make your flowers blossom and grow. Bringing all their expertise and maybe a little bit of magic, they guarantee you will have perfect blooms that will be the envy of every traveler and lost wanderer. Beauty and the Beast Roses and Gardening Service, here to tame and transform your garden. Did you know that all the patrons of the podcast have the unique ability to make clouds disappear from the sky? Most of the time, it's little tiny fluffy ones, but occasionally a thunderhead will be bearing down on a town and then disappear. Well, that is probably somebody who supports this podcast. You can do that, too, for as little as $4 a month. (laughs) Support the podcast, that is. Patrons receive an extra story each week, get to peek behind the scenes, and get postcards from the podcast throughout the year. Their generous support allows this podcast to reach bigger audiences, pays the fine guest hosts you hear throughout the year, and much more. A big thank you to all the patrons who make this podcast possible. To join the Story Supporters, go to storystorypodcast.com for more information. And if you want to hear me make up fairy tech, and if you want to hear me make up fairy tale facts about you and thank you on an episode, maybe you should become a supporter too. It would be pretty cool. It took me two days to lay a trap thick enough to catch this thought thief. The thief must have been around grabbing stray thoughts and things I left laying about, so I decided the best thing to do was think about a very tempting song. I started thinking about all the most ingenious earworms. And then I went for the earworm that oh, no one should ever have stuck in their head. Baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark I finally got it stuck in my head round and round and round it went like a shark <laughs> circling in the ocean at 3:45 when I wasn't paying attention but humming the song quietly I felt a distinct tug I didn't look around, I just kept humming, and then in a quick motion, I reached up and grabbed a little hand that was trying to tug that song out of my head. That thief was about two feet tall and not sheepish at all. Give me back my green thumb and that dream blanket, you notable coward, infinite and endless liar, hourly promise breaker, and owner of no one good quality. I've been very into Shakespeare insults, if you haven't noticed. The thief, he looked surprised, then fierce and shot back, Give me the earworm. I gladly gave it to the thief. I got my own thoughts back. And I put that thief on the back of a passing owl and told the owl to count its feathers after dropping that little stinker over a lake. I feel bad for the fish in the lake where it lands, 
But really, they have short memories anyway, so maybe their thoughts aren't worth taking. The second teller for this episode is Pam Farrow. Since 1988, Pam has earned her living by offering top-quality storytelling performances, workshops, keynotes, and retreats at schools, libraries, churches, theaters, and festivals from Denver to Chicago, New Orleans to Atlanta, St. Louis to San Francisco, Sydney to Toronto. Pam has been telling stories around the world for a long time. The story she has for us today has been on a previous episode, but I thought it fit the theme, and it was time to hear it again. This is the story, When the Cat Came to Mohammed. The Prophet Muhammad one day left the city and stepped out into the desert to teach a large crowd who had gathered. He sat himself down underneath a small shade tree, and as the sun was beginning to rise in the sky, he spoke and he taught, and the people listened. And as he spoke, A small, thin, sickly cat crept towards him. And the cat curled up on the soft folds of the bottom of Muhammad's fine robe that he was wearing. Curled up there, under the shade of that small tree, the cat began to sleep and to rest and to heal in the way that a cat will. The prophet continued to teach as the sun grew high in the sky. The people listened. The cat slept. The day went on. People ate of the food that they had brought in their baskets and bundles. And as the sun was lowering in the western sky, and the prophet was still speaking, and the cat was still resting and sleeping and healing, it came time to draw the day's teaching to a close. The people packed up their baskets and bundles and headed back to the city, And the Prophet Muhammad himself also needed to return. But the cat, (laughs) the cat was still lying there on the edge of his fine robe. So, Muhammad reached into his basket and slowly drew out 
a large, sharp knife. And he bent over, and most deliberately, he cut off the edge of the finest of his robes, tucked the soft edges of the material around the cat, and let the cat remain there, undisturbed, in the shade of the small tree, to rest and to sleep and to heal. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show the love. Find Tim Lowry and Pam Farrell on the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can connect with the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Story Story Podcast or me at Rachel Ann Harding. You can see the visuals for the fairy tale sponsor ads on the Story Story Podcast Instagram and Facebook page. And if you're there, let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The inspiration for the true fairy tale was a story seed from Laura Packer. You can find her lovely story and writing prompts by looking her up on social media. This podcast is made possible by patrons like you. Consider becoming a patron or joining the mailing list to get podcast goodies or writing a review on Apple Podcasts, which helps other story lovers find and enjoy the show. You will hear more stories next week, but until then, live happily ever after. Mary Kate opened up the door, and there on the doorstep, wrapped in his own blanket, was her baby. And to this day, Anansi spins webs so that he can catch the flea, the fly, and the moth that got away. If you go down to the lake on a clear day, when the water lies as calm as a sheet of glass, you can still see the rooftops of the castle glittering in the sunlight. And if you listen really closely, you can even hear the festive music from the royal court. Did you know that all the patrons of... Uh, did you know there's a dog barking next door? It's not getting any better. <laughs>